Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. Praise God. I'm telling you, this is a great time to be alive. Amen? God is moving. Lives are being changed. People are getting saved. And I'll tell you what, this is just, it's just beginning. Amen? The fires are, the embers are burning. Hallelujah. Let's pray over the word tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we just love you and we thank you so much for what you are doing in the earth. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, tonight. We thank you that you open up our eyes and our ears to hear what you want us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, I love the moving of the Spirit. I love what God is doing. And, And there's so many different ways the Holy Spirit moves. It's not just, sometimes it's not just the Holy Spirit moves. He moves on the Word. He moves in people's lives. He moves sometimes before and after service when you're talking to somebody and he gives you a word for somebody. And uh, it's just that we got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Amen? But we also have to be careful that we keep the word as the center of our life. And uh, we went to, and and I shared some of this, but we went to to the uh, Mark Hankins Leadership Conference uh, a few weeks ago. And it was probably, I don't know, about a week after that probably last week, I started to, you know, I felt like the Holy Spirit said this to me. And this, and, and it wasn't just for that meeting, but we need to do this, all of us, whenever we hear the word of God. And this is what he said. He said, we, we, we need to be guardians of our heart. We need to guard the word. When we receive the word, a lot of times we get on fire. The Holy Spirit's moving. We, you know, you, you, maybe you heard something on YouTube. Maybe you've been in a meeting, and you wow, that was a good word, and you're sharing it with everybody. But you know what? If you don't guard that word, Jesus said that Satan will come in, and he will steal the word. Jesus said that. He is after the word of God. Let me, let, me, let me read you what the word guard means. It means to watch over in order to protect. In order to protect. Or at one example was the gates were guarded by uniformed soldiers. And then I like this one. Mikey will like this one. A defensive position as in boxing. I'm sure you have to do a lot of caution caution, a lot of guarding. And a lot of times we get the word of God in our hearts But we don't remember to guard that word, to meditate that word, to hover that word. Sometimes you've gotten a word from the Holy Spirit or or there's been a a word of knowledge and things like that. And and we don't guard that word. Amen? Let's look at at Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 20. I want to read this. And Jesus is talking here. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. Say the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And then he goes on and he he, he gives different different, um, examples of what happens. Verse 16, he says, These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They're excited about it, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, 
and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. We want the word to be fruitful in our life. Amen? But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it. Now, Jesus is talking here, and he says, and bear fruit 30-fold, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100 that's what we're called to do, bear fruit in the word. When we hear the word, we ought to see the, the, the results of the word in our life. And sometimes we live in hope and faith, and we never see those results. But Jesus tells us here but that we can bear fruit 30, 60, and some 100-fold. But I want, I want to talk about Satan coming to steal the word of God out of our hearts. He's always looking for a way to steal the word of God from us. He knows, one thing the enemy knows is that if we have God's word in our hearts, we are a threat to the kingdom. Because the word of God is so powerful, and sometimes we forget. You know, can you imagine for years, many of us lived in homes with big Bibles and, 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 and went to churches that had Bibles, but we never opened it. We never knew what was in it. We never knew the power that was on the inside of this. But this is, this is a powerful uh, weapon it's a, it, it God has given us to use to defeat the enemy and to cause the, the blessing and the promises of God to become manifest in our life. Amen? But Satan, in John 10, 10, it says, he comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. And I am telling you, he is after the word that is in our hearts. He's always after the word whether you've been given a word from a prophet or whether you just opened up this Bible and you're reading the word or you're standing on the promises of God. Let's look at this in Hebrews 4.12. And I know you, you would think, oh, yeah, I know that scripture. I could quote it back and forth. This is one of the first scriptures that really spoke to me in my life about the word of God. And I love it. And, and it says, for, and Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. See, God spoke these through the prophets. This is the inspired word of God. And he spoke this, and he said that this word, it's a living thing. It's alive. It's full of power. And it comes alive when we put it in us, when we begin to speak it and declare it, when we begin to put it to work, when we begin to believe it. It becomes alive. It, it, it begins to, you know, the Bible says the worlds were framed by the word of God, by the words that God spoke. This would be like if you wrote a book, if Vinny wrote a book, and it was the book of Vinny, and every thought Vinny ever had was in this book. Well, these are God's thoughts, and they're higher and higher above our thoughts. Amen? And here it says the word that God speaks, it's alive, it's full of power, Making it, look at this, active, operative, energizing, and effective. So if there's a situation in your life, if you need healing, the word of God becomes active and operative and energizing and effective. If you need finances, if, you, if you're believing God for the salvation and you're putting the word of God, that it's God's will that all be saved, that none perish, amen? And you're praying, God's word is going out there, and it's active, it's operative, it's, it's effective, and the Holy Spirit works with the word of God. But where there is no word, you can hope and pray all that you want. And you're not going to see the promises of God established in your life. Amen? 
It goes on to say, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. I'm reading this in the Amplified. Exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging. When you're in the word of God, it exposes things in our life. It sifts things. It analyzes. It judges the very thoughts and the purposes of our heart. There's so much power in this word. There's power in it to straighten us up. There's power in it to get things out of our life. There's power to, to show us he's exposing, he's sifting, he's analyzing, showing us where we're missing it. Maybe in faith, we're in different areas that we have to make adjustments. But when the word is in first place, when it's not priority in your life, when it's just, oh, I love God, go to church, you know, come home, oh, yeah, man, all right, my feet up, I'll see what social media says, watch TV, whatever, you know. You know, God's word has to have some kind of preeminence in your life. Amen? Because I'm telling you, Satan is at the doorstep. This word of God, it is a threat to Satan's kingdom. It is, he does not want you. It's got transform, transformational power in it. It will transform lives. It will transform cities. It will transform nations. And Satan doesn't want that. He knows the power that's in the word. He, know, he knows it because when Jesus, when he came against Jesus and he tempted Jesus, Jesus, what did he say? He said, it is written. It is written. And Satan was defeated when Jesus said that. Amen? How many times has the enemy brought temptation to you or, or, or caused you to think, man, I'm just never going to make it financially or I'm just not going to ever be blessed or I'm never going to be healed? You know, you, you know, those are thoughts from the pit of hell. Amen? And that's what we have to learn to speak what has been written. Uh, some of the ways that Satan steals the word of God from us. One way is through distraction. We live in a world that's full of distractions, and, and Satan uses these distractions to keep us from spending time in God's word. And somehow, so many think it's just not important enough. This transformed my life, and I know many of you. It transformed many of your life. Once, we, once I learned to operate in it, Amen. But there's just, just, just these distractions that the enemy throws us. He knows that if we're not reading, if we're not meditating on the word of God, it will not be rooted in our hearts. And according to the scripture we just read, it can easily be taken away. So he's constantly throwing distractions at us. He knows that if we, you, and, you, and you know, life is busy. We live in a busy, noisy world full of distractions. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I sit down to get on the word and I got 20 texts coming through and everybody needs an answer and they want it right away. You know, whatever it is, whether they need counseling or an answer for this, whether it's, it's, it's the church or, or my sister or, you know, and they'll, they'll, they'll send me something and they'll go. And then, and then two minutes later, they're like, Judy, are you there? Judy? <laughs> I want to text back. No, I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> but if we're not intentional about setting aside time to study and meditate on the word, it's easy to let other things crowd it out. It's easy to say, well, this is more important. 
well, I had to do this. This was more important. I had to do that. I'm telling you, there's nothing more important than the Word of God. Amen? We find ourselves constantly uh, checking our phones, scrolling through social media, watching TV instead of, t instead of spending time with God. I mean, just constantly. And, and another way that Satan steals the Word of God from us is through doubt and unbelief. He wants to get us to doubt the Word of God the words that we received. He wants us to be in unbelief. He plants seeds of doubt in our minds, causing us, this is his big thing now, to question the truth of God's word. And you think, how can anybody question God's word? But people do all the time. Well, if God said this, then why aren't I healed? Why aren't I blessed? Why aren't my children serving God? He tries to get us to believe that God's promises are not for us or that they are or, or sometimes they're too good for us. Listen, he is out to deceive. He's the master, the master of deception. Satan is the master deceiver, the master tricker. He, his, his, his whole goal is to get you to believe a lie. That's what he wants to do. And how does he do that? He steals the word from you, or he twists it, and he changes it. We see, we see that in the word of God. And he gets us to, to uh, start to believe other things or, well, maybe that doesn't really mean what it says or, or, or you know, you know and all he has to do is do it a little bit. And I didn't give you guys this, guys this scripture because it came to me on the way to church tonight. But in Galatians 5, 9, it says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Just a, and, and what that means is just a small amount of yeast will make a whole loaf of bread Rise, a little bit of doubt, a little bit of unbelief, a little bit of wondering and wavering will contaminate your faith. Just a little bit. Just a little statement. Just something that does not agree with the word of God. You, 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 you can't, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You can't, and, and, and you know what? The funny thing is, is we let people that are hardly in the word of God. Tell us what the word of God says. Well, I don't really think the Bible means that. Well, I don't think it really says that. Well, when's the last time you read the word? You know, it, 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 often it's people that aren't even in the word or in it very little. Well, I don't really think God means that. And hey, you've been, you've been in it and you're meditating on it and you're believing for healing and you're thanking God. You know, I, was, I, was, um, I had some situation going on in my ear and my throat. And, and uh, so I went to the doctors and they said, oh, it's really red. You know, they were kind of, so they gave me a really strong um, antibiotic. And, um, and I was going to take it, you know, take it for 10 days, you know, just... And uh, so pastor walks in, and, and I was going back and forth, you know, I was thinking to myself, I, I just need to believe God for this stupid thing, you know, because I hate taking anything. I hate taking any antibiotics. So he goes, you know, you got this big, like, all these papers with your antibiotic. And I go, really? And he starts reading it to me, and then I start reading it. And it's like, and if you take this, and if you're over 60, and this can happen, and that can happen. And, and I'm like, and I, you, you, could just, you could just feel the fear rising up, you know? And, you look, and, and I'm telling you, I just said, it was just like, I'm not doing this. I am not taking this. 
But that wasn't where my faith was. See, you can say you're not taking it, but you better get on, you better grab a hold of what the word says. And I was, I was meditating on healing, and, and I was just like, a lot of times we're looking for our healing to, to come. Like, we're, we're waiting for God to heal us. And I'm telling you, uh, you know, and you think you have every revelation about healing or whatever it is, because you've, you've studied this for years. But I am telling you, it was like the Holy Spirit rose up in me, and he said, you've already been healed. You've been provided healing on the cross. All you got to do is take it and declare it. See, we're waiting for God to heal us, but it's already, and, and it was like he showed me when that whip went on Jesus' back, healing came into my body. And all I have to do is receive it. And so I just started meditating on that. I was like thanking God for that. It was just like when, when you start meditating and you're determined and you're saying, this is not happening, you know, you'll receive your healing quicker than you think. Amen? There'll be greater revelation that will come to you. But you just, you know, honestly, I don't know. All these medicines are crazy. I mean, you just read. I mean, it was like two or three, eight and a half, 11 by 11 sheets of paper, wasn't it? It was like, and so I'm looking it up, you know, I'm like just, I wasn't even thinking of looking it up. I just wanted deliverance from the pain. <laughs> and I got deliverance, amen? Hallelujah. But the enemy wants to convince us that the promises of God are not true and they don't apply to us. And they want, he wants us to treat the word like it's just, well, you know, it's just the Bible. No, 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 that's, that's not, you'll never see the promises of God like that. The enemy hates the word of God. He wants us to think that we're not good enough to receive anything and that God doesn't love us and that, and he wants us to stay in a place of condemnation, unbelief, we're, we just can never receive anything from God. That's a lie from, from Satan and the only way you can get rid of those thoughts is by getting in the word of God because this word of God is alive and full of power, and what it does, it's active, and it causes faith to arise in your heart to take the promises of God. Amen? And once you get the word, then you've got to guard your heart. You've got to, and we're going to talk about that for a couple of minutes here, you've got to, you, you've got to be that on-purpose uh, on uh, soldier that guards your heart. And we have to remember always the devil is a liar and a thief, and he's always trying to steal your health. He's trying to steal your finances. He's trying to steal your family. He just, he hates God and he hates you. Amen? But he has no power over us unless we give it to him. And we must resist him and his tactics by staying grounded in the word of God. And we can do this by making, making daily Bible study time and prayer. Just, you know, honestly, being in church, getting around under believers, get, having a daily time. Most people do not read this every day. Or they're just saying, well, I'm going to read the Bible through in a year. Let's see. We'll start in Genesis. And Adam begot Seth, and Seth begat this, and Abraham begat this guy. And we're like, we get through like... We get through 10 verses and we're like, oh, that's, I, I, you know, whatever. 
I'm telling you, 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 you have to learn the word of God and the promises of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So, so what can we do to prevent Satan from stealing the word of God from our hearts? You can learn. A lot of people study a lot of things. But you can learn and you have, can have a lot of knowledge of the word of God. There are theologians out there. But, but, there, but if you don't take it like it belongs to you, like God did it for you, it, you're not going to see it established in your life. Amen? So some of the things we can do to prevent Satan from stealing the word of God from our hearts. We must be intentional about it. We must be intentional about the word of God. What are you believing God for? What, what promises? We just had vision board class. What promises are you standing on? You know, are you standing on all things are possible to them that believe? Are you standing on Mark 11, 23 and 24? Believe that you receive it and you shall have it. Are you seeing that it's God's will for you to be healed? You know, a lot of times people hear it, but unless you go through the scriptures yourself and you see it, I'm telling you, it changes everything. I remember, I know this sounds crazy, but I remember getting born again and getting saved and getting my first Bible. And, and I remember thinking it was, it was the way, it was a Catholic Bible, it was the, the way they wanted, because you can understand it. And I was sitting in church and, 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 I, and I was like, before I went to church, I was thought, man, I must be possessed of the devil. I can't understand a thing this, this says. I mean, I don't know what it says. I didn't know Pastor Ed back then. But I remember the pastor saying, turn to John three sixteen. And he read, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I remember sitting there. Now, I don't know what I was thinking. I was radically saved. I was really saved going to church. But I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, it's really in the Bible. It's really in the Bible. I remember thinking it's really, it's right here. It was, it was so awesome. Well, healing, the promise of healing is really in the Bible. The promise of the blessing, you know, is if you knew the promise of blessing, I mean, we're not living even close to what God has for us. The promise of salvation, it's in the Bible. So many promises of victory and not defeat are in the Bible. Hallelujah. So we must be intentional about, intentional about reading and meditating on the word of God. I'll give you some of these things quick. Make time for it, even if it means sacrificing the morning news. Even if it means sacrificing the first morning roll on Facebook. I mean, come on, guys. I'm not preaching against this stuff, but man... So many people are, the word is not first. And, and I grew up, you know, some of you might think that was a dinosaur ages or whatever, but I grew in the kingdom. When, when, I, when we got saved, there was no iPhones. There was no, and so I, we'd, I'd get up, and at 4.30 in the morning, I'd, I'd have all my books on the living room floor, and I'd be praying and, and just, just seeking God. And I tell you, those years, I would hear the voice of God always. I didn't have to, you know, a lot of people, they're looking for a word on YouTube. They're looking for a word on social. Oh, they're looking for something. Oh, let's see what this, 
this, this person's preaching on or that person. I'm telling you, God wants you to get along with him so you can hear his voice. Amen? But you have to make time for it. You have to sacrifice things. Put things aside. It causes everything to come alive in your life. Pray for God to give you a hunger and a thirst for, for his word and to help you understand it. I, I don't have this scripture now, but in Ephesians chapter 3, you look there in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, both of those, the Apostle Paul is praying for the Ephesians church, and I would pray that over myself. I would pray that over my kids, that God would open up the eyes of my understanding, amen, that I would know the will of God, the plan of God, the destiny of God. So it's important, Amen to pray to God. Uh, guard your heart against doubt and unbelief. Remind yourself of the truth of God's word and hold on to the promises. Don't, don't, don't let the promises of God out. Hold on to the, there's a scripture I had here. It, is, it says, um, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Don't, don't be... Don't let go of the promises of God. Amen? Here's another, um, here's another way that, that you can stop Satan from stealing the word of God. Speak the word out loud, declaring it over your life and situations. You know, people just don't want to speak the word. They don't want to confess it. They don't, they, oh, I don't know, you know, I Listen, I remember when I used to, when I started confessing, speaking the word out loud. And, and, and honestly, we just, it was when we started back here, we were learning faith and everything. And I, I, I remember walking the floor in my house and speaking blessing over my house and God supplies all of my needs and, and, and speaking all of these, all of the word of God and, I, and, and speaking it out loud. Just, you know, I remember feeling so like weird. You know, like this, I feel like, you know, make sure nobody's looking, pastor's not here, you know, you know, and then, but you know what, the more I did it, the louder I got, the bolder I got, the more I said, it's so important. The Bible says, so whosoever shall say unto this mountain, what mountain is in your life? If it's not moving, you're not speaking. It's not going to move until you start speaking to it and telling it it can't stay. And you know why it can't stay? Not because you say it can't stay, but because God said it can't stay. And you need to tell it. God said this, so you can't stay, devil. You can't stay in my house any longer. Hallelujah. So it's, it's important to speak the word aloud and be vigilant in guarding your heart against Satan's attacks. He is so sly and subtle and deceiving. But this is how you can tell when it comes against the word of God. Even a little bit, you know it's Satan trying to steal the word from your heart because he doesn't want to see you step in to the promises of God. Look at this in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 23. It says, My son, give attention to my words Consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your what? Heart. For they are life 
their deliverance to those who find them, their healing, their health. And I love this next part of this verse. They are healing and health to all their flesh. It doesn't say spirit there. See, people, you know, they say, oh, well, God healed our spirits, but our flesh, we have to. No, no. It says God's word is healing and health to all of our flesh. Verse 23 says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. You know that word vigilance there? It means keeping careful watch over the word. And sometimes, you know, we hear a good word, but then we get busy. And, you know, even if you just, if there's one or two scriptures a week, or if there's one message, a lot of times when I hear a message or a word from a minister that we listen to or one of our fathers in the faith, I will, you ask Pastor, I will listen to that. I will wear it out listening to it. I'll just keep listening to that same mess. I won't, I'm, not, I'm not so in a hurry to move into another message or something else. I will get on my computer. I'll type it out. I'll underline words. I'll go through. I'll do something, you know, to get me active, to get that word in my heart. You know, because it's so easy. You hear something one time, you're not going to retain it. They say if you take notes, you retain it, I don't know, Ten times more or something. There's some, there's some figure there. I don't know what, what the figure it is, but you do retain it more when you take notes. Amen? So, you know, keeping careful watch over that word. I'm going to receive this. I'm going to walk in the blessing. I'm going to walk in divine health. I'm going to see the promise of God. And it doesn't matter whether it takes one day or one year or 10 years. You stick with it. You hold fast to the profession of your faith. Don't let go of the promise of God. Amen? Because God's promise is true. And while you're, you're, you're meditating on that word, it's, it's becoming active and energizing, and it's sifting, and it's bringing you to a greater truth, to the place where you can see the promises manifested, actually manifested in your life. Hallelujah. And I can't tell you how many times when I would see that happen, and I would just be like, you just get so excited. You knew it was God that showed up. You knew that, 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 that God caused that financial miracle or God caused that healing. When, 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 when our daughter needed surgery and, and they said that, you know, her hip is out of the socket, she, her leg is out of her hip socket, she's going to have to have surgery and, and so forth. And we went home and uh, three weeks later we, we had to go back because they were going to do a pre-surgery x-ray and everything that they do pre-surgery and and uh so and and but our daughter said we're we're we gotta believe god we got i'm not having surgery and 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 she was 18 at this time and she said to us because we up to that point we made all the decisions she said i'm 18 and i'm not having surgery and you need to believe god and and we were like i was nervous because the doctors tell us when that happens there's tremendous pain when when if if you know, it, when it becomes detached and all of this stuff was going on, and I won't get into the details. And so we just, I just, I was honestly, I, I didn't know if I had the faith, but she had the faith, and I hooked in with her faith, and we started speaking the word of God. And we went back three weeks later, the head surgeon from uh, New England Medical Center, and the, um, uh, for the, um, what do you call that? The guy, what do you, Orthoped orthopedic surgeon and her doctor 
So we go in, we go in for the x-ray, and we're in this room, and we're in this, we're in this waiting room forever. We're like, what, the, what are they doing in there? You know what I mean? Who waits this long just to you know, go in? They finally call us in, and her, her doctor puts the, the um, x-rays up, and he says, he's a Jewish guy with a little beanie on his head, and he says, I, I, I just don't know what to tell you, he said, but, but, but to call this a miracle. Her host, there, listen to this, guys. Her, her, there was another whole socket built, and her leg was put into that socket. And he said, I've never seen anything created this perfect. He said those words. And we will see the completion of this because she is healed. Amen? But I can tell you, my flesh was full of all kinds of, what am I going to say to her if they, whatever, you know. But, but, but out of my mouth, I was agreeing with everything that she was believing God for. Everybody in the room was crying. The doctor was crying. pastor was crying. I was crying. The orthopedist was standing there like he didn't know what, you know. He goes, I guess you don't need me here. You know, the orthopedic surgeon. It was just, it was just crazy. But you know what? She chose to believe God. That's why it's important to bring your kids up in the word of God. It's important the church that they're in. It's important what they believe. Amen? Because it'll change their life. And we held on to the promises of God. It's important to hold on. Now, 1 Peter 5, 8 says this. Be sober. Here's that word, vigilant again. Be cautious. Guard the word in your heart. Even if everything looks like it's just not going to work, it's just not going to happen, it's, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about, uh, don't worry about other people's wills or plans. Just believe God. Amen? Have, if you, you know, just, just, if you want it bad enough, believe God for it. And in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, be vigilant, be cautious, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. The devil is on the prowl, and he's seeking to devour us, and he's seeking to lead us away from this. Anything, any way that he can. And if you're not reading your Bible, you need to get to it. If you need a good book to read, if you need some instruction on how, you just come see us. We'll get you studying. We'll get you reading the right stuff. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And uh, we're, we're almost done here. But one of the most uh, insidious uh, tactics that is to for that from the enemy is to try to steal the word of God from our hearts. Amen? And, and like I said, he's, he, he's so subtle. The devil knows that the word of God is alive and full of power. It is so powerful that it will heal you. It will heal your mind. It will heal your brain. It will deliver you from drugs and addictions. It is powerful. And he fears the transformative power of the word of God. He'll do everything in his power to keep you and I from understanding the word of God. And that's why we pray that the eyes of our understanding will be open and enlightened. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, The Lord is faithful. He will establish you and he will guard you against the evil one. If we stay close to him, we stay close to his word and trust in his promises, the devil will never be able to steal the word of God from our hearts. 
He can't steal it if we don't let him steal it. And in and, and, and James 4, I, I want to I say this too. Uh, this scripture came to me um, at the, on, on the way, to, well, just before I left the house. But in James 4, 7 and 8, it says, submit to God. When you submit to the word of God, you are submitting to God. It says, submit to God. Listen, God and his word is one. And when you open this and you say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed, you are bringing Jesus on the scene because Jesus and his word is one. When you open your mouth and you speak the word, my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. When you open the word and you say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm telling you, Jesus is showing up because him, he and his word are one. And it says, when you submit, when you're feeling as sick as a dog, but you're submitting to God's word, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. Draw, when you, he says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God. If you're having a problem with sin and addictions, draw near to God. Don't beat yourself up. Don't condemn you. Don't sit there in it. But get in the word of God. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen? God's word will make you unshakable. And we need to be unshakable, especially in these days. And people need this word. They need to know that there's an answer out there, that there's a sure word, that there's a sure answer out there. And, and, and you can stand. The, the Bible talks about standing on the promises of God, believing. This is, this, is, this is the way God told us to do it. We're not making up stories. We're not. We're not. How do you twist a scripture? that says, Wherefore, therefore, whosoever, are you a whosoever? Whosoever shall speak to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says, what are you saying, comes to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, Believe, when you pray, believe that you have received and you shall have it. I'm telling you, what is twisted about that? What is, how is that not simple? How is over and over uh, um, the word of God, all throughout the word of God, Jesus said every idle word that comes out of our mouth will be accounted for. The words that we speak out of our mouth they go forth and they create our destiny and they create our future. They create our day. They create the minutes ahead of us. Our words are powerful. And the only way we're going to change what we say is by finding out what God says. Amen? You can say good things, but, but this, this changes everything. Amen? This, this created the ocean. This created the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. Where's my worship team? Glory to God. Did you get something out of this tonight? Yeah. Hallelujah. I love the word of God. You know, I love the way it changes our life. But we don't want people to just come and sit in church. We want them to get that word of God that is alive and full of power into their life and see their lives changed for the glory of God. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, you know what we're going to do tonight? We're going to um, ask you, you you're, I don't know everybody that's in this place, so if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's important that you pray this prayer and ask Jesus to come into your heart and to be your Lord and Savior. You know, uh, it, it's not just about quoting a prayer, but it's believing it in your heart. Our heart has a lot to do with things, doesn't it? You're not talking about that that. that physical thing that pumps. Amen? God wants to come into your heart. He wants to change your life. He wants you to open up your heart and say, hey, Jesus, I believe that you died for me and that you rose again from the dead. I believe that you forgave me of every single sin and that you want me in your kingdom. We're going to say a prayer right now. If you'll say that prayer with me, you, you'll receive Jesus in your heart. You'll be saved. Amen? And, and, and I want you to bow your heads right now. Everybody bow your heads. And, and you know what? It's, it's not just going to be words. It's got to be heartfelt, all right? I want you to say this with me. If you want Jesus in your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you now. And I thank you for sending Jesus to take away my sins and to heal me, to make me whole. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I surrender my life to you. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. And now I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. In Jesus' name. If you've said that prayer right now, a prayer, and Jesus has come into your heart, you have new life. You're born again. God looks at you as if you've never sinned because your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And let somebody know about it. Let us know about it. We're going to ask you to fill out those Green Connect cards and take it to the information desk. And uh, people will pray with you because we want to see people come into the kingdom of God. Amen? You know, honestly, in Romans, you know, why would anything else be different? Because the Bible says, I remember when I, when I used to tell people about being saved and they'd say, oh, it's in my heart. We don't talk about it. But the Bible says you've got to believe in your heart and you've got to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Confession, speaking the word is so important. It's so important. I want you to stand. We're going to worship God tonight. And if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. Uh, pastors want to pray for you. Uh, maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe uh, you need a family miracle. Uh, I, I, I don't know. But there's something that, that you need from God. The Bible says if two or more shall agree is touching any one thing, it shall be done of my Father which is in heaven. And we believe in the power of of prayer. Amen. So if you would like prayer for anything, we're going to ask you to step out of your seat and just to come on to the front. Amen. L listen, a lot of times people kind of get shy to come to the front, but the woman with the issue of blood, she wanted her healing so bad that she pressed through the crowd and she didn't let anybody hold her back. She didn't let anybody hold her back from what she wanted. Hallelujah. Just just follow the usher's instructions because that's good. It helps us. Amen. And Pat, we're, we're going to believe for miracles tonight. Amen.
We're going we're gonna to see healings and deliverances. And I don't care what it is, what your problem is. And, and if you just, you just, you, you, you might feel uncomfortable telling us, we're just, we'll just pray for you. Amen? For what, because God will know what you need. Hallelujah. So if you're up here for prayer, keep coming Go all the way down here. All right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And um, glory to God. We're going to see miracles. Do they need your guitar to this song, apparently? Do they need your guitar? Do you need his guitar? Okay. Well, when you, okay. Pastor Lori can help us. Where are you, Pastor Lori? Okay. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to stop worshiping God, and we are going to pray for you tonight. All right? Amen. Are you ready for a miracle? I want you to lift your hands to heaven. All right. I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to step in to, to the anointing of God tonight, the presence of God. Jesus, wherever we say the name of Jesus, he is here. And I want you to expect a miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you lead us in worship?